Hello and welcome to Bittersweet Symphony, a podcast with me, Cleanna Ryan, violinist with the Irish Chamber Orchestra. In this podcast, I chat to fellow classical musicians from every section of the orchestra, front to back, side to side, about their experience since March 2020, when the music suddenly stopped and our worlds dramatically changed overnight. We share our bitter, sweet and bittersweet memories. And today I'm going to be chatting with Cormac O'Hedon, Principal Horn with the RTE Concert Orchestra and someone I've known since I was a little girl. Cormac shares his experience of physical and mental exhaustion and burnout, of becoming a carer overnight, of beautiful connections with friends and composers through the Contemporary Music Centre in Dublin and an incredible resilience, humility and openness. This is Cormac O'Hedon. Cormac, O'Hedon. Cleanna, Lirian. Here we are. <laughs> we made it. Did it feel like a useful or supportive exercise for you to reflect? Yeah, I'll, you know, I'll be brutally honest. Yeah. Um, and, and the answer is no. And I, I think there's a number of reasons for that. Yeah, go on, tell me. The one is, quite frankly, in one sense, the further I get away from last year and the more I forget about it, the better, you know, because it has been so traumatic for everybody. I'm very kind of forward orientated or directional or, okay, well, look, that's in the past and that's gone. I need to move forward with my life. I think I know what you mean. And I've got other ways of dealing with that. Basically. Yeah. Some people find that the activity of having to go back and reflect kind of synthesizes what they learned from everything and what they what they want to bring forward. Well, I do appreciate the small things in life. Like, you know, one of the greatest pleasures that I can think of in my life is having a cool glass of water, you know, the, the, when I'm really thirsty. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm looking out the window now, I can see the sun shining in. We've had an incredible September. Like I, I'm getting better appreciating all the, the, the small things which are possibly the big things. Yeah. So when you say that the last 18 months were traumatic for people, yeah, are you talking about yourself? I'm talking about everybody. I'd be staggered if it didn't affect somebody in some way, shape or form, in a, in a quite a difficult way, in quite a significant way the last year and a half. But, well, well, I know what we all had to live through. So on, on a personal level, yes, it was incredibly difficult mm-hmm. for me. I mean, my mum had a big cancer operation on the Friday, the 13th of all days of March last year, so the day after the lockdown. Mm. So she was heading into that operation with basically our, our, our world falling apart. You know, and, you know, even though we're a year and a half on from that, I remember every single thing about last year. There's nothing that I haven't forgotten. It was so imprinted on my mind. So that was an incredibly difficult time going to up to Beaumont Hospital just to visit her after the operation. And she was very sick after it. So I was the one going up and visiting. And then the visiting hours were, were cut less and less. And the hospital was... It, you know, almost evacuated, you know, with 
in a week as it as it really was targeted to become a COVID hospital and all this kind of stuff. So that was hugely tra- traumatic. Mm. I wasn't afraid to die myself. And I don't think I am. And I wasn't afraid of catching COVID because I've, I, I think I've been quite strong physically, less strong mentally. But I was afraid for other people, for my family members. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was one, she did have a COVID scare as well. And it was the, it's as long ago as it was the fourth Irish person to die. And it turned out it was Paul Deegan from the academy, the singing teacher. And my mum had met him three weeks earlier in a meeting and she met him with one other person, Magda. And Paul had then died and Magda had had uh, contracted COVID and she's since died. They did, you know, and it was a terrible 24 hours when we were waiting to, to find out if she had contracted COVID. I think there's only been two occasions in my life that I've actually had to have a drink. Right. When I literally had to sit down and have a brandy. And that was one of them. Yeah. Uh, she was she was so weak after the operation. Like, it would have just finished her off, you know. But uh, she, it turns out she didn't have it. So we were kind of very lucky. Were you caring for her, Cormac, after she came home? What was that like? Yeah, very tough. Uh, you know, and also about three weeks later, my uncle, who's 80, tore his knee ligament. He needed looking after as well. Mm-hmm. Basically, I stopped as a professional musician on you know Thursday the 12th and for the next three and a half four months I became full-time care basically and by June I was catastrophically burnt out really Mm. what did that look like um yeah very disorientating kind of I couldn't work out what was going on and it's only you know I think when you're burnt out you don't realize it when you're in the moment. Yeah. I was just finished, just couldn't give any more. And uh, I just couldn't keep on going. So that was tricky. What, when you say that you were burnt out, like what did that mean? What, what did that feel like? What was going on for you? Exhausted mentally, physically? What? I was just on the, just on the flat mm-hmm. of my back for, for weeks. Just, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Probably more mentally exhausted with worry. Mm-hmm. But I think the the weakness in my armor would probably be my um, mental. Yeah. Like I was crushed. I was just burnt out. I was exhausted. Couldn't look after myself. Probably hit the bottle a number of times. Certainly cranked up on the eating front. All I could just, all I wanted was sugar and fat. So it was, yeah, six six months of kind of hardcore eating total and utter shite mm-hmm. just to keep me going. Did you keep your sea swimming up during that time, Cormac, or did it just fall by the wayside, that bit of self-care? Because um, you were always a big sea swimmer. You were sea swimming before everyone took it up during lockdown, you know? Yeah. Um, I had mixed bouts of it. So last summer I got back into it and that was the road to recovery, I think, as in last summer a year ago. Right. But then I kind of fell by, I I think I had burnout several times last year. So I reckon I had three big burnouts in the last 18 months. And that was interspersed with the sea swimming. Yeah. 
So, you know, I kind of came came off, fell off the wagon, came kind of came off the rails, basically. Once I got to the new year, I had a kind of a big patch. I think it was me just maybe trying to get my life back on track of got in the sea twice a day in January, February and March. And I think I burnt myself out from that as well. And then March to June was was tricky and that was recovery and that was you know eating a lot again and all this kind of stuff drinking a fair bit as well but then since the summer I've kind of had a bit of a turn and I'm a little bit back on track and I've been swimming a lot and I've been drinking much less if at all and my eating is more uh I don't know if I want to say under control but I'm definitely eating less fat I'm definitely eating eating less sugar Mm. I have turned the corner for sure. And, but it's just a question for me as ever, how long is this stretch going to be mm. before I'm back on the crazies again or whatever, or back on, you know, cranking up on the food. So, but I'm in, I'm actually in a fairly good place at the moment. Yeah. It's, it, it sounds like, um, like a bit of a roller coaster, ups and downs, twists and turns. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Difficult. Yeah. Really difficult. Yeah. Cormac. Yeah. 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 Definitely. Dramatic. I'd say. What kind of support did you have or did you white knuckle it, do it alone? I, I, I do go and speak to somebody about it. So yeah. that's all I'd say about that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah sure. Many of us do. <laughs> I'm one of them. I had fantastic support all, all through the year and I definitely needed it, you know. So. Well, OK. And, and the other support that I got that, that I have heard talk about is like, you know friends and family as well yeah so um that was huge and the other thing the other thing that got me through last year was like I didn't wait for the phone to ring for people to ring me so I rang people all the time just friends just for a chat you checked in on me Cormac I remember yeah you did yeah (sighs) like I am isolated and the thing for me is the orchestra Mm-hmm. or teaching or whatever is a hugely social thing that we do. But if you cut all of that out suddenly overnight, then, you know, I'm increasingly isolated. Yeah. And when you're going through those really, when you were going through those really hard times, were you still able to reach out to people? Or Because I know for me, when I go through those difficult times, I find it harder, much harder to reach out to people. Uh, there were certainly times when literally on the flat of my back, literally not leaving the bed mm-hmm. when I just absolutely curled up and and almost couldn't speak to anybody yeah there were a number of but few and far you know mm. you know I, I needed to be alone is is I'm not sure it's the right way I'm putting it but but I was just at the bottom of the barrel and I just couldn't literally couldn't get out of bed couldn't or didn't want to get out of bed and there were there were a few of them uh, and the rest of the time even if I was comatose in front of the tv yeah. you know I might make the effort at some you know or at least I I knew I could probably call my folks or something like that yeah would you say that this was the most challenging um time for you mentally in terms of your mental health so I've had you know lots of my own personal trauma in my life in fact it's been quite traumatic for about 30 years in lots of different ways and so I've kind of you know continuing to find a way through that so this is not net you know this is a standout in terms of a, a global world worldwide event 
but I'm probably much better equipped now. I, I turned, I was 50 earlier this, this year. So I've been dealing with stuff with my own kind of difficult traumas and stuff and own myself for a long time. Yeah, you know, I'm I'm probably in the best place now. Yeah. Despite all the differences of last year. I've had I've spent a long time looking at things and trying to work things out. Yeah. Like how did it feel to you know, you say that twelfth, thirteenth of March you stopped being Cormac, horn player, musician. You st- you became a carer and how did that feel yeah. to not just identify yourself mm-hmm. as a musician or well, there's no way I could have done both. I couldn't have been a full-time carer and mm. a professional musician at the same time. Yeah. And once I'd made that decision, because I had considered like all musicians, okay, maybe I'll just keep on practicing at home. Maybe I'll do, you know, but I, there's lots mm. of issues with me practicing at home. Basically, I get on brilliantly with my neighbors and I want to keep it that way. Yes. Everybody decided in lockdown to get a little gorgeous little lockdown puppy. And then once they hear you playing, they start howling and barking and joining in and all this kind of stuff. Of course. (laughs) But once I made the decision, okay, I'm going to actually stop playing. I could Mm. come to terms with that decision. I looked at it as basically a career break. Mm -hmm. So, so, you know, I I turned into a full-time professional, not not, a church for a full-time carer. And I stopped being a professional musician, but I've been a professional musician since I left college in 95, so 25 years. So for those three or four months, I didn't play at all. I actually had three months off, which is the most time I've had off playing in 25 or 30 years or ever, actually. Yeah. You know, I thought, well, how long have I been a professional musician? Mm -hmm. I've worked incredibly hard (laughs) since I went to college in Manchester, which was 1990. It was actually 30 years. I've absolutely busted my gut. So I thought, if I can have a few months off now, that could potentially extend my career as a professional musician. If I had a big kind of gap for three or four months, I might actually get to 65 or I might even get beyond. Yeah, and it was you framed it as a decision that you made for yourself, you know, which feels probably feels very different to it just being something that happened to you. Yeah. So I tried to, you know, in a funny way, but in a really good way, make the most of, this dire situation that we were in. Mm-hmm. It, was an, it was an overnight transition. I re- recognized the reality of the situation. I recognized that I couldn't do both. I recognized actually maybe I can benefit from having a big break. Were you able to select three memories, yeah. a bitter, a sweet and a bittersweet? Yeah. Do, do you want to tell me about them? So, yeah, well, it was my mother being in hospital and operation on the Friday, yeah. the 13th, the day after the lockdown. Um, and that whole period of basically turning into a full-time care overnight. Yeah. But a year and a half on, the three of them actually have come out of it, and including myself, the fourth, you know, and we're, we're, we're all doing okay. So that's the bitter, is the difficulties. I, I don't regret it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a difficult situation. I'm, I'm just grateful that... Maybe I had the opportunity to contribute yeah. in a positive way. But certainly a really challenging time for you. Massively, yeah. Yeah. And the sweet, Cormac? Uh, the sweet was, I suppose, tied in a little bit to the whole lockdown. Well, absolutely tied into lockdown. We were locked up in our houses. Where we could go was severely restricted. But the Contemporary Music Centre set up these coffee mornings every 
every second Friday. Mm-hmm. And it was just a lifesaver, a social and emotional lifesaver. So um, that started around June-ish, I think, mm-hmm. and continued right through the whole of last year. Uh, it was just a social gathering initially. Um, it has since turned into a little bit of a project um, because Linda extended it and did a kind of a, a composer former project and we were randomly selected they wrote for us and we we contributed the piece and then played the piece so it has extended into something actually professional which is amazing like contemporary music tinder it it was so i i did incredibly well i it's and out of that i've had three pieces written for fantastic so did you go in were they in person cormac you went into the cmc into the courtyard every couple of weeks sorry they were all on zoom yeah the coffee mornings oh yeah no they were all on zoom Okay. So that was a hugely important thing for me living on my own and being isolated on my own that I actually had could see 20 or 25 like-minded people on the screen. It was an, an incredible opportunity to meet a lot of these people whose names I've known for ages, like Raymond Dean, like Jane mm-hmm. O'Leary, and the big names that I've known for a long time but never really got the chance to say hello to them. Yeah, meet. yeah. And so it was, a, it was a really fabulous uh, opportunity and that was created by CMC and that really was a lifesaver. Yeah. So we were literally drawn from the hat, Cormac and Nora, okay. And then we got chatting with Nora and uh, Nora kind of said, okay, this is great. So look, this is what I'm looking for, mm-hmm. you know, when I do this collaborative process. And she spoke for about five minutes and then she said, okay, well, well what are you looking for in this process? I said, oh, I'm just looking for somebody to talk to. Yeah, well... It was all, it was all precious. All those interactions were precious. All those moments, all those, all those points of connection are just anchors. Oh, 100%. Yeah. And your, your bittersweet, Cormac? Uh, well, the bittersweet was the lockdown in terms of suddenly we were all locked up in our own house to 2K. And I just thought, how am I going to survive this? How am I going to survive living on my own and so isolated? Mm-hmm. So that's the bitter bit. But the sweet bit of that is I realized I've been living on my own for years. Mm-hmm. And this is actually normal for me to come home to an empty house and be on my own. Yeah. This is actually, I've, I've been training for this moment for 10 years. You know, I, I kind of felt like saying, well, everybody's going to be locked up in their own homes. I felt like saying, well, welcome to my world. This is what I've been doing for so long. And I kind of knew then that actually I could survive it because I've been doing it for such a long time. Mm. so that's the sweet bit in terms of just knowing that I could get through it recognizing your resilience your strength your well no not that not that it's just my normal world my normal life as I come home to an empty house all the time I knew I could get through lockdown because it was no different from any other day in the last 10 years of my life you know I didn't miss going to the pub I didn't miss going meeting friends to a restaurant and all this all, all this kind of stuff you didn't get to have your incredible morning porridge and then the rte canteen i had my incredible morning porridge here at home yeah exactly <laughs> so you didn't did you miss the routine of going to work i did and i didn't i mean i've, I've worked as i said earlier i've worked my ass off for 30 years yeah so to have a break from that is always going to be good so like I didn't miss being stuck in traffic. I didn't miss spending 10 euros a day using the tunnel to get to, to RTE. How, you know, so I, I tried to turn around and try to get the most I could get out of it 
given the desperate situation that we were in. So everything that was bad, I tried to turn around and make it into something that was good. Are there things that you're taking forward? Things that you've experienced, ways that you've lived that you're going to carry with you or not? I, I, I carry every moment of every of my life with me, mm-hmm. whether I like it or not. In my hands, you know, it's engraved into my lines and my hands, it's engraved into my face, yeah. it's engraved into my bones. I'm, I am who I am because of the experience of last year and we all are. And I can't deny that. Mm-hmm. Well, the only thing that I would say that I hope would be positive would be to just try and turn any difficult situation into something positive. Find a way to come to terms with things. Yeah. I think life's difficulties happen when we don't want things to happen and we're pushing against life and life will always win. Mm-hmm. So find a way to, to live and deal with that. Find a way to kind of come to terms with getting older. Find a way to come to terms with people dying. Find a way to terms with kind of losing friendships or friendships changing, you know, just as we deal really well with positive things, you know, uh, so we meet somebody and we fall in love and we, we have a relationship. Mm-hmm. I don't think, I think as humans, we don't deal well with failure. You know, life is imperfect. It's maybe, you know, you could say as a general state, but sometimes it's not fair and it's sometimes it's cruel and sometimes it's traumatic. And I think we're all going to have, difficult situations in our lives and I think we we need to try and find the way that we deal with life most successfully is not by how how well we take the achievements but how how well we deal with the failures and with the traumas. I'd like to thank Cormac so much for his openness and honesty about the experiences that he went through. There was certainly a lot in what he said that I really empathised with and identified with myself. I really hope you're enjoying the podcast. And if you are, you can help in two ways. The first is by telling folks about it and by sharing it as widely as you can. And the second thing that you can do is leave a review. It actually makes a big, big difference in terms of visibility. So if you could take a few seconds to leave a brief review, that would be amazing. Thank you so much for listening.